Hello and welcome to Wands and Thrawns, the weekly podcast where we talk about magic, herbalism, and more. And this week, it's just me, Shannon, as your host. But we're kind of kicking it back to an old school Wands and Fronds special uh, where we did Wands and Fronds and Friends. So today we're having um, my wonderful partner of 10 plus years, my husband of seven years. We've been together a long time. Um, so Eric, welcome back. Hi. If you're watching the video, I'm waving. If you're not watching the video, you're doing the podcast wrong. I, I mean, if you're, yeah, if you're not watching the video, you're doing the podcast as an audio-only medium, which is what they were originally designed for. Um, <laughs> so we missed Nick this week, but um, we wanted to still bring y'all an episode. So I thought that we would kind of talk through some of the stuff that Eric has been doing lately because they've been really on it, I feel like, with the tarot and all of the decks we've gotten we've we've gotten a bit of a hoarding problem i think with tarot decks we have a hoarding problem okay well um we both i have a i've been given many tarot decks problem and i just use them i don't think that's a problem to have been gifted a lot anyway all that to say i god i was trying to think about it earlier i was like how many decks do we have now the answer is a lot, and probably more like than we want to admit to. 10 to 12. Yeah. Somewhere. Solidly. Um, but I've been trying to get into, like, my runes, which I'll talk about at some point. But, you know, Eric, do you want to talk a little bit about, like, what your tarot journey has been like, I guess? Just kind of like a big overarching view of it, because I know <laughs> that... It seems like of all of the sort of like metaphysical practices, tarot has kind of been the thing for you that has really stuck. That's true. It has stuck. And I don't know why, so I don't have an answer for that. Um, but I guess, you know, my tarot journey as a whole, if you want to go super big picture, I, of course, grew up like every good God-fearing Christian child to be taught that tarot was the devil. Not the devil tarot card, but the actual the, devil. The actual Christian Satan. And to use a tarot deck was to summon demons into your life so they could possess your soul. Um, Which, honestly, if you could summon demons just using tarot cards, like, good on ya. I learned that tarot decks were very, very powerful. And if I were to use one, I would be damned to hell forever. And, of what? course, I learned all the really good stuff from movies where if you flip the death card over... You're definitely going to die. You're going to die in, like, the next five minutes. Yeah. Obviously. Um, no, I really, like... I can't remember what the first tarot deck I used was. I think it was one that you had. Well, no, I think it, we got you the moon deck, right? Well, you had one before that, I think. And then we decided to get one together. Oh, yeah. And it was the moon tarot deck. And then it... I started using it more than you because it was the only one I had and you had another one. And so it just became my, tar it became my tarot deck. Yeah. I uh, do really like that deck still though. It's really pretty. It's still my favorite deck. It's the one I use the most. And I think what, I can't remember, it was probably you or we were talking about it, but what kind of clicked for me with tarot that made me like it was, well, first I'll say I stopped taking it so seriously. 
not that like I didn't put any weight behind it, but I didn't. I took all of that things you're taught about tarot about it predicting the future and it like being this extremely heavy thing not that i'm saying you can't gain insight and things like that from it obviously you can i do it all the time like almost every day but to to come at it from a a much lighter perspective i think made it more accessible for me it made it a lot easier to start out as opposed to staring at it because i'm usually very analytical Capricorn, Taurus, I've got a lot of Earth. Very analytical and staring at it going, what does it mean? (laughs) Exactly. Tell me what you mean now. Reveal your secrets to me. Stopped doing that, which was great. Um, So I I took it much lighter. I'm a writer. I at one point wanted to be an animator. I love comic books, all that stuff. So the tarot kind of, to me, started to tie all that stuff together. Because it's all archetypes and all story, even to the point of, we've talked about this, like when you look at the tarot deck, you of course have the archetypes of the court cards, but then you have the numbers, and you can almost think of those as like acts in a play or acts in a movie, like the first third or one, two, three are a lot of beginnings, starting of the journey, you've got four, five, six, which is the middle, which is usually where a lot of bad shit happens. It's the conflict. Yeah. And then you have like the ending where you get into like this, like the eight, the nine, the 10. And it's a lot all about resolution coming to the end of a journey. Yeah. I like the way that I've read um, in some tarot books, they refer to them as like the three mini dramas of the minor arcana, which I think is kind of an interesting way to think about it, just like on the story front, you know? Right. So that really kind of hit home with me. And then going through all of the different types of decks that I now have is I really like the artwork because I, not going to lie, no offense, if you like the really traditional artwork, it just never really did anything for me. Like it, it was always just boring to me. Like my favorite tarot deck is the Moon Power tarot deck. And the like the illustrations are amazing. The colors are really great. And, and to me, a more insightful, like one of the cards, um, that's about, I forget which one it is. It's like the eight of swords or the seven of swords, the one where it's usually somebody tied up. Oh, I can't remember. Off and blindfolded, but in my deck. Yeah. I'm like, I, I don't really use Rider weight. Sorry. If somebody wants to like DM on Instagram or tweet, y'all don't tweet, do you? No. Use a social media figure out which tarot deck it is because i can't think of it off i know i mean i know we'll um, figure it out anyway <laughs> so in, in mine the one that i really like it shows a person in front of a giant tv and there's like stacks of movies and stacks of books and they're wrapped up and they're not tied up with rope but they're wrapped up in like uh, video game controller wires Oh, that's fun. So it's a really cool image to, like, look at, and it's modernized to, like, think about all the different ways you, like, overstimulate yourself, all the ways that you, like, overthink, and you feel, like, weighed down by just all of the stuff that you surround yourself with. Um, So I really like the ways different tarot decks animate, because then I have another one that's, like, slightly more traditional, but it's called The Beauty of Horror, And it shows a woman blindfolded and she's like trying to walk away from a castle. It's very gothic and there's like a maze of swords she's trying to walk through. So I think it's the same card, but illustrated differently. So it has a slightly different intonation. So I've started collecting tarot decks because depending on 
who illustrated them, who wrote the guidebook, what perspective they have. I think it brings a certain, it informs the illustrations and I think it makes it makes for an interesting study to like read one tarot deck when I'm feeling one way and I use a different tarot deck when I'm feeling a different way just because of um, the way things are presented. Yeah, and I think it's like every tarot deck is going to have its own kind of slant on things. You know, a good example I feel like is this year because I'm wanting to do some more like shadow work. I've been really focused on using my macabre tarot deck, which is all about like shadow work. So it's like all of the definitions for the different cards are like geared in that direction. And so I think that the more you get into tarot, it's like, yeah, you find that for certain situations, certain decks are like what you're going to want to gravitate towards. And I think that that also helps kind of take off some of the like pressure to have to memorize what every single card means. Because, you know, I think for some people that kind of overwhelm can keep them from getting into tarot, which I understand. It's like I started when I first started reading tarot, I was listening to this podcast that had like an episode for every single card. And in some ways it was helpful, but in other ways it was also like, oh my fucking God, I'm never going to be able to do this because I'm never going to be able to do an hour long podcast about like the fucking queen of cups. So why bother? Yeah. That's what I meant, especially at the beginning, like by not taking it so seriously, because it's very like you could, I think, get wrapped up in what does this card mean? How does it apply to my life? It's as opposed to taking it and looking at the card and going, well, how does this feel right now? Yeah. How do I feel about reading this right now and, and letting it fold into your life as opposed to saying, well, I can't analytically describe what that card means for an hour, but I can flip it over on a Saturday morning and go, oh, I feel... I feel a way about it. I feel something. <laughs> yeah, I think it's that um, that intuition piece of it that it really is. It's like tarot is a tool. It's not like an answer book. And so I think that's something that's so important. And it's something that you really just develop with practice, which, you know, I isn't a sexy thing to talk about. But I also, I know you can get out of practice because I am like hella out of practice with my tarot right now. And that's something, you know, I'm, I'm like, I love having the podcast because every other week, at least I'm drawing tarot for y'all normally. But it is something that like, I feel when I get out of the swing of it, and then I pick it back up. And, you know, of course, everyone knows like your tarot deck is gonna read you for fucking filth. Um, none more than the macabre tarot deck, which it's like good for shadow work, but also for making you just feel bad. So sometimes you need that, though. Yeah, that's what I have my the one that I've been using the longest, it's the one that I'll flip a card or like three cards and then I'll text Shannon and go, my tarot deck's being creepy again. Because I, yeah. something that I got really bad about, I got lazy with my tarot reading. I would just flip a card and I'd flip a card and I would look at it and go, okay, let me think about it or meditate on it, which is fine. It was good. It was effective to be able to like just take some time to meditate on something outside of my brain, which I would recommend to everybody. Just because I feel like a lot of people are very anxious all the time. So if you're like that, it's a good external thing. I've been trying in recently to get better about at being intentional before I flip a card and being specific about like a question or an intention about what I'm trying to get from it, um, which 
is a it can be a little scarier because if you're thinking about the tarot, you're like, oh, I place so much importance on this tarot that I'm doing. And if I ask a specific question and it's super off base and it doesn't answer the question, I did it wrong. I'm wrong. I'm not a tarot. Um, again, don't take it too seriously. Um, but I've been getting better about trying to ask specific questions or intentions. Like I'm feeling stressed. It's like, okay, I feel stressed. And asking a question of like, what is something to focus on today to help me not be so anxious? Like being intentional about that. Or I'm feeling really anxious is there something internal for me to focus on so I can maybe untie this knot? So you, you can go either way with it, but asking something intentional. So when you flip the card over and you start reading about what it's about or thinking about how it applies to your day, or if you're flipping for like the week, how it applies to your week, etc. cetera. Um, I think it's a, a much more effective, the more of yourself that you bring to it, um, as opposed to just the mystic way of looking at the tarot deck of like, it's going to flip a card over and give me all the answers. No, that is, uh, to me, has been a very ineffective way of using tarot. It's, it's usually very disappointing. It doesn't stick very well. But the more of yourself you bring to it, I think it becomes significantly more helpful and significantly more effective of a tool. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's like a very good point. And so obviously you do draw tarot a lot for yourself. Do you want to talk about maybe like some of the stuff, like some of the themes that you keep seeing coming up and like what those cards are? Because I think that's something in my experience, you know, sometimes it's like the tarot decks will get on this fucking trend and will keep spitting the same shit at you. And it's like, I get it. And the tarot deck's like, clearly not. We're still talking about it. Um, so you want to talk a little bit about your experience with some of that? Right. No, it's weird because there are some tarot cards I legitimately maybe never have seen when I flip, even across like five decks. And it's really creepy. I have used like three or four different decks within a week and have gotten like the same card like two or three times, which is super weird. Um, but I do get recurring cards and it's not just, oh, I remember that card because it looked cool. So, of course, I think I see it all the time. I keep a journal and I flip back through. And I'm like, OK, am I losing my mind or am I actually seeing this card over and over and over again? And it's, and it's true. There are cards that continually reappear, which is cool and also weird and a little creepy and a little like stop screaming at me. So what are like what's a card that's maybe been coming up for you a lot? Um I get cups a lot actually, just the suit of cups in general. I mean that makes sense cuz you're a writer and you do right. have that very like nurturing like s sacred quote unquote feminine right. type vibe. I do have that. Very vibe. lunar. Right, which that's why I like the moon tarot deck. It speaks to me. So there's a lot of lunar happening in my brain. Um, so I get cups a lot. Actually, like the four of cups. Like I think from the moon tarot deck, the image from the four of cups is probably burned into my brain forever because I draw it so much. It's weird. Um, for major arcana cards or like higher up cards, I draw, um, I draw temperance a lot that's really interesting Both upright and reverse i draw temperance a lot not that i'm like a crazy helpful person or anything but yeah so why don't you like <laughs> let's so for you when you keep seeing the four of cups we'll start there what are you getting out of that card coming up for you a lot so 
the four of cups um well just the cups in general are a lot about um water element being a lot more fluid um we talked about before with kind of the storytelling perspective the four is right before the five and the five is like the bad one i always hate when i draw a five because five is like now your entire life is upended it's not over yet but everything is flipped over but the fours are nice they're right before the five so you feel really good about everything so you can take it several different ways um you can either be like oh shit things are happy right now but it's about to go down and that's bad or you can see it as this chapter of my life is over and i'm about to start a new one how do i feel about that am i excited to start something new am i terrified of starting something new so there's a lot of scariness but a lot of hope that goes along uh with it and that's been something I've had to learn um, because as a queer person and a lot of queer people, if you're out there listening, know a lot of times you you like have to destroy your shit in order to like do anything because there's a lot of like unlearning, letting some people drop out of your life, etc. A lot of stuff. This isn't a queer podcast, so we're going to focus on tarot, not focus on my life journey. But it's like the four, to me, has kind of started to take that on. It's become, it's gone from being scary to being more hopeful of like, cool, that's done. So the idea of something bad or something, not necessarily, I don't even see it as bad anymore, just as of something ending and upending and getting flipped over has become more exciting. So I've become more excited about the idea of things ending but not being over so that's kind of what the four in general has come to mean to me but as a super earthy person the cups are reassuring because it's it's a nice reminder i need it daily to be more flexible and fluid um because i'm not i'm not that you're a little rigid so what about temperance that's like a big major arcana temperance is good just it's a nice daily reminder because i'm also a very anxious person and i really like the illustration for temperance and i know it scales a lot of the time um but i like the one in my moon tarot deck because it's like two um like busts of like people but like the tops of their heads are cut off not like in a gory way like in like a very like abstract like a very abstract painting way and it's like got this almost like spirity looking watery repeating imagery of vapor of water and vapor being comforting to me um like flowing out of one of them and like into the other and you can't tell if it's like flowing from one into the other or like flowing into both of them but it's like a balance and i really like that image um of just this idea of like this calming balance that i get from temperance and whenever i draw the reverse temperance to me it means hey check your shit because it's not balanced but if you draw for me like the upright temperance it's just like a nice little reminder of like hey keep going be calm maybe don't freak out so hard (laughs) maybe not um well i know you did kind of like mention your journey as a queer person and you've been reading that book that we got queering the tarot right um do you know who that's by it's it's right there 
like, I want to make sure if we're going to, like, be talking about a book, we credit the person that it's by. I was going to bring it up. You beat me to it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's called Queering the Tarot, and it's by Cassandra Snow. Yeah, so, so shout out to Cassandra Snow. If you're watching the video, this is the book. Okay. Can't recommend the book enough. I am a person, as I mentioned, like, I don't. I have an Aquarius moon, so if that informs anything, I really, really usually don't like reading books that tell me what to think about something. Like, I don't do well with books that tell me what to think about something. I prefer fiction, um, especially a book that tells me how to read a freaking tarot deck, because as you may have noticed, I read tarot a lot, and I was like, why the fuck do I need a book to tell me how to read a fucking tarot deck? Um, but what I like about this is the author basically goes through all the cards or groups of cards if she feels they they go together um, and really kind of goes through what it means to maybe adjust the lens through which you read you read the tarot deck and speaking of lenses I also draw the five of pentacles a lot the nightmare card and going back (laughs) see but I don't see it as a nightmare card because of the way the moon tarot deck it like illustrates it it's just a person like almost holding like a hula hoop or like a lens looking thing and like staring out through the center of it so to me the five of pentacles to me is very like lens focused like what are you looking at how are you looking at it what is the lens through which you're staring at so i draw that card a lot um and so this book is all about maybe adjusting the lens through which you look through stuff so it of course goes through it's like if you're a queer person Obviously, there's a lot of binary gender stuff that got built into it. Um, Here's how to read the court cards without, like, maybe having a complete dysphoric disaster on your hands by because you identify as very feminine and you draw, like, the emperor card. You draw the king of swords and you're like, shit, this is the most masculine shit ever. So it's like, how do you work through that, draw that? I really hate the emperor card, by the way. I struggle with it frequently um but it it really kind of puts things into perspective of like how to look at it or like how to process things so if you're drawing those cards like i mentioned like the five of whatever i'm just gonna say the fives it's like how to look at that as a queer person on your journey if you draw like a queen card how what does that mean for you being a nurture either do you need someone in your life that is nurturing or are you that to the community there's a lot of discussion of community and being a part of the community and there's I i think there's a lot of really interesting and helpful perspectives so coming from someone who normally doesn't like books like this i would recommend this book and in a very reading rainbow way don't take my word for it find out for yourself (laughs) <laughs> oh, I mean, that's um, that's some great advice there, LaVar Burton. Um, so, you know, Nick and I usually ask each other, like, what, what, like, when we felt the magic this week. So this week for you, Eric, when did you feel the magic? Like, when were you feeling magical? Oh, well, I guess we'll go with today. Because I just mentioned all the shit I was reading in the tarot in my tarot deck um, about you know maybe taking because a lot of the querying the tarot stuff that I've been drawing has been speaking a lot to like being a part of a community. How are you going to be a part of the community as opposed to just taking taking taking? How are you going to actually contribute back? And today I was sitting in um, 
a diversity meeting at work, which if anyone's ever sat in a diversity meeting at work, not that I think diversity is bad, but if you've ever been a, in a giant corporate yeah, diversity the meeting. the DEI stuff that's like the corporate checklist. It's very pat. Let's pat ourselves on the back for how diverse we are as this company. And you look around and there's a bunch of white people going, yes. We're so diverse. If you're watching the video, I'm silent clapping. Yes, we're so diverse. All of us white people. I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. Um, so I was sitting in a meeting and I feel like the director of where I work is actually very good. Um, she was saying a lot of really great things. And I just was like, you know what? I deal with a lot of shit at work. I sent something to her in a way that was like, I want to help. Here's why. And I, slightly unhinged email talking about my work situation. Um, but a lot of, I want to help. Here's why I want to help. Here's what I think would be a good idea. So yeah, I felt a little magical sending that email being like, yes, I'm citing several problems, but I want to be a part of the solution. So yes, I felt yeah. a little magical sending that email. I love that. Yeah. For me, I think it's, I've been starting more seeds again. Like I, I'm so excited to try and grow indigo. I've talked about it a little bit before, but I finally started my indigo seeds indoors, which I am pumped about. I also have been doing some like cleanup in the garden. Is that garden. the one in the egg crate? N no, in the egg crate is passion flower and ground cherries. So. There's a lot of stuff in our house. Yeah, a lot of seeds. So I started coreopsis seeds, indigo, passion flower, um, and ground cherries. I started those inside. And then outside, I started our little, like, salsa bar is what I'm calling it on the porch. So I planted serranos and hatch chilies and jalapenos and tomatillos and cilantro. So I'm like, here's our little southwest corner. And I planted one of our, like, big box planters full of different kinds of medicinal flowers. So I planted St. John's wort, borage calendula and chamomile and the calendula and borage of course are already <laughs> sprouting because borage goes hard so it was it was just nice getting to spend some time in the garden to like really get dirty <laughs> and plant lots of seeds because you know I've I've mentioned it and I, I really last week talked about it this has been kind of like a rough season for me with work has been really intense and I've had so much shit on my plate and just like family shit that's been hard. So it was nice to like be in the garden, but then I was walking through some of my space and I was just feeling so like defeated, right? Because it was like, everything looked like shit outside. Anyone who gardens knows it's like, of course, Shannon, it's fucking February, but I live in Los Angeles and I don't believe I should ever have a bad looking garden. So LA, um, <laughs> we're so LA. But then I was when I was like working in the garden this weekend. I saw so many of my like daffodil bulbs have sprouted. So it's like they're not flowering yet, but the growth is happening, and I feel like that was a very magical moment for me because it was like, oh, it's okay. It's not pretty yet, but it's in progress, and I feel like that's kind of my mood right now. I'm allowing myself to not be complete but to be in process and be okay with that, which is not always easy. But that was like definitely my magical moment this week, for sure. I have another magical moment. Yeah, go for it. This magical moment happens every night, and I don't know how I did this or how it started, but I somehow have managed to convince our black cat, Hexus, 
to give me a show every single night. Uh. We have called it <laughs> his floor show. He literally, I will walk outside like before bed onto our little hallway outside our bedroom and he will walk up to me. He will be anywhere in the house and he will literally run up the stairs to me and literally look me in the eyes. He'll look up and look me in the eyes and then he'll just drop onto the ground and start this weird twisting on his back, almost like a dance <laughs> of this little like floor dance he has created just for me. And literally, he won't do that for Shannon. He will only do it for me. The only times he's done it for Shannon, I have also been present where I could see him. So I've somehow magically convinced our cat to entertain me before bed every single night. Yeah, the cat entertains you before bed. Meanwhile, he literally jumped onto a like a plate of pizza yesterday that I was holding and knocked it out of my hands because yes. he has no respect for me. We know who he respects. He gives me a show and he jumps on Shannon. He jumps on me. He also does this really cute thing, though, where I, I'll be in the bathroom and he'll, like, put his little paws up on me to get me to pick him up because he is baby. That's not cute. Not it's in the bathroom. It's so cute. It's not cute in the bathroom. He just wants to be held because he is a baby. Right. Um. Okay, well, you know, and we're not going to, like, keep it, like, super long this week because it is a Wands and Fronds and Friends. But is there anything else that you'd want to, like, add? Any, like, takeaways about tarot or about magic? Because I feel like you and I have very, like, different kind of practices, I guess, spiritually. But I love the idea of, like, our listeners getting to have your perspective. Because it is, it's so different than, like, how Nick and I operate. My perspective is so important. You're very unique, special perspective. My Aquarius moon appreciates that. <laughs> okay, um, alien baby. I will say, um, if you're going to do tarot, don't take it too seriously. I don't wholly ascribe to the idea that you can't buy your own tarot deck. Um, I just got Shannon to buy me two tarot decks because I may or may not have mentioned that I really like Okay, but them. can we also, like, y'all remember at the top of this when Eric was like, I don't have a tarot deck hoarding problem. I have a someone just keeps buying me stuff. Meanwhile, this one sends me two links today to tarot decks, and when I buy them, I'm the weirdo with the tarot deck hoarding problem. Well, I just sent them to you because I like them, not because you were going to buy them for me. Um, clarification. Okay. okay. But... <laughs> But I will say, if you see a tarot deck that you like, honestly, trust your gut. That's something my tarot deck has been getting me to try to do a lot more is like, get out of your head. Trust your, like, if your brain or your body or your gut, like, see something, you're like, oh, that looks super cool. Like, just buy it. Like, buy the, I mean, like, don't, like, go crazy and, like, have a spending problem. But, like, if you see a tarot deck and you're like, oh, I think I'm interested in tarot, so what's the right tarot deck to buy? I don't, there's literally so many. We have a fucking Hocus Pocus tarot deck. Someone bought us a Nightmare Before Christmas tarot deck, and they're okay. But we have a Lord of the Rings tarot deck, and it's literally probably one of the, the most intricately painted and most well-thought-out little yeah. booklet I've ever ever seen in I, my life and i fucking lord of the rings but i bought that one to be fair yeah see who's buying all the tarot decks okay well that yeah. one's beautiful so it's it's lord of the rings but it's one of probably one of the most thoughtful and intricate decks that we own now i know it's really pretty. so like trust your gut and i love lord of the rings and i like to use it whenever ironically what it's good at 
I feel lost and I need a little next, literally when I'm feeling like I need a next step on the journey, I'm like, let's pull out the Lord of the Rings. We need deck. to find the thing that makes it worth the journey. In. That's Into the Woods. And that's I know, creepy. but we just mentioned Into yes. the Woods. Anyway. But anyway, so all that to say, if you see something you like, if you like Lord of the Rings, go buy the Lord of the Rings tarot deck. Maybe it'll speak to you. Like all the archetypes, it'll just work and you'll enjoy it and you'll do it more because you like it. Yeah. All right, y'all. Well, thank you for listening. Eric, thank you for coming on. It was so nice to like talk about your tarot journey. Um, I guess, what do we say to all of the wands and fronds and friends bitches out there? Do you add anything for the friends? No. There's nothing special? No. All right. Can I say it? You can say it. You get to say it, though. Yes. Blessed be, bitches. <laughs> Blessed be, bitches. Goodbye. <laughs>